What's up, everybody? You're listening to the What's On Your Mind podcast by Player Circle. I'm your host of the show, Drizbra or Dre Emerson, however you know me by. It is approximately noonish on April 16th as I'm recording this. Uh, today on the show, we're talking Godzilla vs. Kong review. I've been meaning to talk about this for weeks now. I, I wanted to give everybody enough time to watch it, wanted uh, enough time for people to build their opinions about it, but I'm ready now because I have a lot to say about the movie for the Western Conference because the East was pretty much was what it was, and we all know those bottom little East teams don't really matter anyway to the scheme of it, But and, and as well as uh, those bottom West teams, but still. So... It was needed last season because you had those teams that didn't get to finish the season, but they was only like maybe they was in eye distance of making the playoffs. So I understand it for for that season. But this season, you're coming into a brand new season uh, seven, that was 72 games from the original 82. And you have these players that work hard. They deal with COVID. They deal with uh, these injuries from the short turnaround from the season. And there's been a lot of injuries. And there's been a lot of injuries to a lot of main guys. Uh, including like Anthony Davis, LeBron, uh, KD's been dealing with his, Harden's down, Jamal Murray, all these, like we having these these big time players go down for injury. So from the short turnaround. So now you're we're in a situation where these these guys, like I said, they play these 72 games, they work hard, they deal with COVID, they deal with injuries, they deal with basically being cooped up, unlocked. And then for those seven and eight seeds that worked hard, that's still playing throughout the the season, their whole playoff chances can go up in smoke just by losing these two games to the ninth or the tenth seed, which is I don't think fair. You're reward you're rewarding the bad teams, basically saying, "Hey, we don't care how sorry you are, but you you still might have a shot to make the playoffs." And you know it's just not fair because you see teams like the Washington Wizards who suck. Um, I'm not gonna say the Warriors suck just because they've been dealing with injuries, but they've been up and down and. They've been kind of poo. The Kings, all these teams that's in the in these uh, in the bottom of the barrel that's going to have a chance to possibly upset a, a seventh or eighth seed to make the playoffs. It's just not fair when you look at all these things that these guys go through. And then on top of that, you're we're probably, we're still technically uh, going through COVID and the pandemic, even with the vaccines coming out. So you're adding unnecessary travel at the end of the season. Uh, it's unnecessary injury risk because you could have guys, let's say if Luka Doncic or somebody gets injured in one of these playing tournament games or Dame Lillard, if they were to fall. You're, more injuries to the cream of the crop of the top guys. And, you know, still, it, all injuries matter. But still, you're going to have all these injuries to these guys that, like I said, it's a short turnaround. So you're adding on extra games that could possibly be an injury risk. And I know all games are injury risk, but... You're adding more when you include more games. You're adding more of a risk. The travel schedule, people might get affected by COVID. That's always a concern. And then, like I said, my my whole main crux with it is you're rewarding these bad teams that struggled throughout the regular season to get to that playoff slot. And now you want to say teams like teams, a team like the Golden State Warriors right now, who I think is in the 10th seed, will have a shot at the playoffs. They can... Basically, rest, you know, not rest because they're still going to be trying to compete hard. But if it's going to be a sizable gap between that 10th and 11th seed and the Golden State Warriors, the Warriors might just say, hey, we're going to rest our players. 
and get ready for this playing tournament. So now you're also devaluing the regular season. You already devalued the regular season already when you included this playing tournament. Because now you're saying, oh, the 72 games don't matter because we still want to give people opportunity, the bottom of the barrel teams, to make the playoffs. And honestly, like I just... I'm just not in total agreement with it. I think Adam Silver, he possibly dropped the ball on this. I don't want to see this precedent enter the the NBA, the league, to now where we have seasons where teams can just, you know, skate through the regular season, you know, not care, maybe wrestling players here and there, blah, blah, blah. Devaluing the regular season just to say, hey, let's add this playing tournament for a little extra, extra views and stuff like that for the fans. And I don't really agree with the idea because, say, just say hypothetically saying, like, I know the NBA did this as a way to, you know, generate uh, extra revenue and stuff like that for the things that they lost. Also, you know, bring some more excitement to the to the league and season. But just hypothetically saying, because it's a possibility. It's not a strong one, but it's a possibility. What if the Los Angeles Lakers were to slip and fall to this playing tournament? Just so without AD and LeBron here to uh, give them services, the Lakers keep falling and falling down the Western Conference to where they are either the seventh or eighth seed. And then you're getting closer to the end of the season, so you get Anthony Davis back and LeBron James. And what if they're not at 100%? They're not in tip-top playoff-ready form. And now you see a struggling Lakers in a potential playing tournament game against, let's say, not saying this is what happened, but what if they did play the Warriors and the Warriors, Steph Curry, go absolutely crazy and end up knocking out the Lakers? You're going to have a whole fan base. The defending champs are going to be pissed. You're going to have the whole fan base of L.A. They're going to be pissed because they worked hard. They they are the defending champions. Uh, they had some injuries that they, they had to deal with. So they didn't too prioritize the regular season too well. They they try to do what they do. But they still they worked hard enough at the beginning and, you know, during the middle when LeBron and AD was playing to earn themselves a playoff spot. And then it's just going to go all the way and smoke to a sorry team in a playoff tournament, playing tournament. You can't tell me that the fan bases of the Lakers aren't going to be pissed and raising hell. They're already, like, toxic as can be. It's just going to be a whole nother left, like, mess of things that's going to happen for Adam Silver, and I don't think that's something that you want to carry on into the league. That's just my opinion. I know people have their others. I know people, some fans like the uh, the playing tournament because it gives them an opportunity for their sorry teams to make the playoffs. Me, I'm a Bulls fan. It gives, and I don't really like it because, the playing tournament, because it gives my sorry Bulls a chance to say, well, hey, we traded for this guy and Nikola Vucevic. Basically giving our future away for this guy and the reward of it is we get a playing tournament spot. Yippee. Like, I don't want that as a fan. I want us to see us competing. I want us to be a top seed, like the D-Rose days. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want some little fluky playing tournament just to see Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic go home. Like, it's, it's a waste of time. Like, I don't want to see it. And it also gives sorry GMs and already sorry coaches the opportunity to say, hey, we made the playoffs. You going to fire me? It's a, it's a whole lot of stuff that can just happen from this playing tournament, and just my opinion. I, I probably went a little bit too over on this because the real point of this episode is to talk about Godzilla versus Kong, and we're going to get right into it after this break. Y'all stay tuned. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, this is the What's On Your Mind podcast by Player Circle. I'm still your host, Dre Emerson. Uh, this episode, we're talking Godzilla versus Kong, my review. Like I said in the opening, 
I've been waiting to talk about this movie. I've been wanting to give people enough time to watch it, enough time to digest. And during that time, I rewatched it. I rewatched it a couple times because I wanted to be in my bag for this review that I was going to get. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. Honestly, if I would have did this review after the first time I watched it, and I went to go see it in theaters too, I want to add. Like, I went to go spend my hard-earned money to go see this movie in Dolby. That's how excited I was for this movie. And if I was to record this podcast after I have first seen this movie, I was ready to say this movie was complete trash. This movie was trash. But that being said, I went back and rewatched the movie a couple times. And you know what? I've came to say the movie is not all that bad. Let's get into it. Um, just for the people that don't know uh, what I'm talking about, I'm going to give a quick summary of the movie. I'm not going to go too full into literally all the details just want to give you a quick rundown of basically what happens so godzilla versus kong is, is this epic monster movie that sees two of the most popular monsters in pop culture history do battle for supremacy uh it's the first it's the fourth one in the monsterverse it's a sequel that's set five years later after godzilla 2 where godzilla defeats king Ador. remember that because that is important so the movie starts off with kong now being kept in this dome in this now perished Skull Island. Skull Island is where King Kong was living at until the, I guess the island, it was just inhabitable, no more like the storm. It basically perished. Everyone that was living on it, all the living things other than Kong, obviously. So now they got Kong in this uh, dome-like uh, thing that surrounded Skull Island. Uh, the people are monarch too, by the way. Monarch are the people that, you know, studies all the monsters and stuff. So anyway, getting back, you got... Kong, who's now living in this dome on the Periscope Island, and he's irritated with his living situation because Kong is now in this dome because Godzilla's arrival, which happens after. For the people that don't know the timeline of the movies, it's Kong, Skull Island, Godzilla, Godzilla 2, now Godzilla versus Kong. So people knew about, uh, obviously the people, the humans and stuff, they knew about Godzilla and Kong from the ancient texts and stuff like that. So they knew Godzilla and Kong had this epic rivalry and that the two could not be basically the two alphas of Earth. So after Godzilla's arrival, they had to Godzilla went around, you know, taming all the the Titans and stuff like that, like he did in Godzilla 2 when he had to go whip King Ghidorah's ass. So now we're in a movie. Uh, Godzilla, he just who's been this peacekeeper for humans. Uh, in the first two movies, he randomly attacks this Apex facility, which is like the the Stark Industries, you know, in this MonsterVerse. They work on like little, you know, different type of equipment, stuff like that. So the humans in reaction to Godzilla's attack decides they want to use Kong and travel to the Hollow Earth, which is the home world for Kong and other, the other Titans to retrieve a power source that can protect them against Godzilla. So... This Earth, this hollow Earth thing has this enormous gravity pull, which is why the humans couldn't never really go to it because they would be killed instantly. So they had to get these high-tech stuff, which I'm going to explain later on, to go, and they had to get Kong. They had to convince Kong, basically, to lead them into this hollow Earth so that they could find this power source to handle Godzilla and, you know, protect themselves. So in the midst of all this, Kong is now away from the dome. Godzilla senses him and he's like nah like you on my waters i gotta come see you bro because i told you stay your ass on this skull island now now we got problems so now godzilla's he's on he's on the loose he's he's going after kong here comes our first fight it's on the water uh kong is sedated 
And I know I said I wasn't going to go into a full-on movie review, but that's what it kind of feels like I'm doing. Uh, so basically, you know, they do battle. Uh, bloody, bloody, bloody. I'm going to just kind of wrap up this review because I don't want to spend too much time talking about what happens in the movie and just focus on, like, you know, what I think of the movie. So basically, the two going to do battle. Uh, they go out throughout the movie after the first battle. They travel to the hollow earth to retrieve the energy source, which they did. But then we come to find out that this apex facility, the reason why Godzilla initially attacked it was because the apex facility was working on this mecha Godzilla. You know, this basically artificial Godzilla. If you don't know the mecha Godzilla, it's probably because you wasn't, you know, a big fan. I know it because I used to play all the Godzilla games back in the day with my brother. So I'm like a real big fan of the Godzilla, uh, the mecha Godzilla, mecha King Ghidorah, yada, yada, all that, Rodan, all that. I know, I know all about that. So... They got the Mega Godzilla that the Apex facility uh, created, but they needed the power source from the Hollow Earth in order to power it. So, and a thing to add that what's controlling the Mega Godzilla suit that they're using is a skull from the King of Door that happens in Godzilla 2, which is why Godzilla has beef with these humans now because he senses it since he senses King of Door uh, remnants in this Mega Godzilla, and now he's thinking that it's a threat. And so, as we know, Godzilla, there can only be one alpha, and that's Godzilla. So that is why Godzilla ends up attacking this apex facility. And Mecha Godzilla comes out, obviously the humans, which we probably could have guessed what had happened, couldn't control this Mecha Godzilla, and he starts going crazy. So now, Godzilla and Kong, who's been beefing this whole movie, has to team up and go handle this problem. So that's basically the movie, uh, in my sort of review of it, my little short little summary. So now I finally can talk about why initially, like I said, I was going to come on and like trash this movie, but I came around, watch it again. And, you know, it's a little it's a little better than I thought. So uh, for all the people that's out there just watching movies and you think it's trash, give it another watch. Just give it another watch, and, you know, see, see what happens. So let's talk about it. Things I didn't like about this movie. Let's start off with the fake buildup to this ultimate monster showdown. Like, I haven't been this fooled, and I, it happened recently, but I haven't been this fooled since the first Avengers uh, Infinity War where we just kept seeing trailers of the Hulk and stuff like that just for him to be this non, like, basically important character in that movie. Like, he was a wimp. We thought, Con we, I mean, not Con, we thought Hulk was about to be doing battle with Thanos and stuff like that, but he got whipped in the first part of the movie, and he was a wimp ever since. So... Bam. That's that. So we got tricked like that in this movie because the whole time, every trailer, boom, 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 the, uh, they can be only one Alpha Titan. Kong never backs down to no one. What we really saw was basically a Kong beatdown from the opening tip. After that first fight on the water, it went all downhill from Kong. Like, he was getting his ass, like, handed to him. And the movie... Instead of it just being this ultimate muscle showdown, it was actually just some soppy sop story of Kong wanting to go home. Now, I know I said that I watched this movie, I, I thought it was a little bit better, but I'm just giving you my initial, just again, I'm giving you some of my just initial feelings from this movie. So, it was this whole sop story about Kong wanting to go home, back to the Hollow Earth. Well, he didn't, I guess he didn't know about the Hollow Earth, but he wanted to go home. And he, he barely put up a fight. And he was, like, left looking like a total bum. Like, he was, like, outmatched compared to Godzilla. And then, in literally every fight that Kong had or whatever, he had humans helping him. 
Like, Kong is always getting his ass handed to him. In the first fight, he almost got drowned. He almost got killed. Humans had to save him. They had to drop little bombs in the water, shoot missiles at Godzilla, but yada, yada, yada. When Kong got to the Hollow Earth, he almost got killed again by the flying creature. Humans had to save him. Humans had to restart Kong's heart. Humans had to convince Kong to get his ass into the Hollow Earth or he was going to die out in Antarctica in the cold. Like, humans are always having Kong. So it just seems like Kong is just like some wimpy figure. Like, when we, you know, the real fans, you know, they know, like, we people, we like Kong. You know, we mess with Kong. Kong is like, I don't know. It's just like you have this affection for Kong. You just want to see him do good. But, like, when he went against Godzilla, he just looked like totally outclassed. Like, I mean, it was in one scene in this movie where I had to go back and watch a couple times like this. When I first saw this in the movies, I was dying. But Kong, Godzilla was literally dragging him through Kong, like, literally whipping his ass, like, drug his shoulder, like, threw him against the wall, broke his shoulder, stepping on him, laughing at him. Like, he was disrespecting Kong all in this movie. And it was just... It was just bad to see because, uh, like one of my friends, uh, I just said, you wanna, you wanted to leave it up to the fans to see who won, but we know who won. We know Godzilla basically whipped Kong's ass. It's like no debate. You can't Kong, and in my opinion, Kong can't get his face back because he basically played dead for the humans, so Godzilla would not kill him. Godzilla was really was ready to finish this guy off on the water, but the humans were like, we gotta play dead, Kong. You know, you get your ass whooped. Let's call it, put in a white towel. Let's get, let's get back. So that's one of my problems with the show, like with the movie. I just think they did Kong super dirty. Like they, they even try to help him out and give him this Stormbreaker, this little axe, whatever, to help him out this weapon that was actually like a dorsal fin from Godzilla. But, and that it came apart in the movie where they was like, oh, Kong won. But did Kong really win that part of the fight? Because all he did was he had his little axe. He was in the air. He was coming down. Godzilla was shooting his atomic breath. They both basically bounced off each other because of the, the force of the power and I think Kong just got up first. And people was like, well, Kong won that one. Five minutes after that, Godzilla just whipped this guy's ass. Just go look it up. Go look it up. It was it was brutal. So that was, that's, like I said, that's one of my things I didn't like about the movie. Second thing I didn't like a movie. It's so many unnecessary plots going on that I just did not need to see. Like, Millie Bobby Brown, I love her. But her plot with... Her her part in this movie with uh, the black guy from Atlanta and the little random little kid, it was so unnecessary. It was so unnecessary. First of all, where's her dad? Like, we saw her dad was like this big guy in the second movie. We only got five minutes of him in this, in this movie. He doesn't care. His daughter is like just willy-nilly out in, everywhere, everywhere in the world, literally everywhere in the world. She was in Pennsylvania. She was in Florida. Next thing you know, she's in Hong Kong. Like, and her dad's just, like, not there. Not even a presence. Her mom's dead, by the way. So if you ask him where's her mom at, she's dead. She dies in Godzilla 2 because she was a dumbass. So now, boom, we, she, we in Godzilla uh, versus Kong. She has this unnecessary plot. They keep going back to it. So their part of the plot was they were the ones who basically broke into the Apex facility and kind of uncovered Mega Godzilla. I didn't, we really didn't need that. I mean, there could have been some other cooler way to showcase off Mechagodzilla without having this plot. And I think they just had her in the plot just for a little bit of, in the movie, for a little bit of continuation. But these movies, this Monsterverse, it never has really good continuation to begin with. So it's just like, 
why did you have her in here? Like so many things that make sense. She was in this in this little pie that's going like 600 miles per hour. And where I think that was in Florida. Yeah, in Pensacola, Florida. I can't say the word. Where Godzilla attacks. They go to this Apex facility, which has no security at all. Like this girl, this little girl, this guy, this little boy, and this grown-ass black man are able to just go to the facility without being uncovered by anybody that's apparently was holding this ultimate mecha godzilla suit or not suit but this mecha godzilla and they was just easily able to just get into the facility now i'm no big scientific you know i don't own stark industries or anything i don't own microsoft things like that but i feel like if i'm doing some stuff and i have like all this you know high power equipment and things like that i feel like i'm gonna have a you know a extra dose of security i mean it's just me i'm not gonna have like some people that's just easily peasily able to just get into my facility so that's a big problem i had with the movie then you she's in the, at the apex facility she uncovers what whatever they uncover they get shot across they oh they're in this pod that's filled with monsters i think it was from skull island or somewhere and they're going 600 miles per hour they're just like sitting there they're not like i think if you're going 600 miles per hour in your pod you're you your body, your whole body, gravity is going to shoot your ass back to the back or something like that. You know what I mean? And it was just, uh. and then you got the whole tacky, like I know, and this is what I had to go back on. Like at first, I did not like the journey to the center of the earth part. I keep calling that, but I'm really talking about the hollow earth. I really didn't like it just because it was just so corny. And like the way they went about it, like Kong getting shoot through this beam that had like this, you know, Zelda music playing in the background. Like, do 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 like he's going through this tractor beam it was just everything about that whole thing it was just so corny but when i went back and watched that i was like okay it makes sense like they needed this power source but i just wish they went a different way about doing it especially when they spend like so much part of the movie getting there to this uh hollow earth and then godzilla just shoots his atomic breath down a hole and now you have godzilla and kong uh, screaming at each other and you know just for the people that don't really know understand what i mean when i keep talking about this hollow earth the hollow earth is this this uh terrestrial plane that's basically under earth the surface of earth will have all these channels and underground places that godzilla uses to go across the world really fast and so that's that's something i had to look into and understand to you know i was like okay it, it kind of makes sense but originally that part was trash like it almost put me to sleep like it was just so corny and then the fact that uh kong gets his tutors where he almost got his ass beat again you know that also leaves a sour taste in my mouth oh, i'm trying to think what like what else i mean it was just so much stuff that at, at the beginning like i didn't like about this movie that i came back to oh human interaction why the humans are so dumb in this monster verse is literally just beyond me like, since the 1950s, the humans have been stupidly been involved in discoveries and experimentations that led to the times coming out of their dormant state and thus attacking the planet. Uh, Godzilla has always come to the rescue, and yet in this movie, they basically wanted a failsafe for a problem they created. Like, they created the Mechagodzilla. Godzilla didn't like that, so now Godzilla got to go handle this. But this is stuff that the humans made. The humans in Godzilla 2 wanted to free all the Titans, thinking it was going to make a world a better place. Basically, kind of like on the, on the size of Thanos, where they thought, okay, they wanted the Earth to get back to, you know, beautiful and healthy. So what we got to do, we got to get rid of a couple people. How you do that? Unleash a couple monsters in the world that's going to kill kill some people, you know. Take away so that we get more. But it's just like the, all these, this, these dumb human plots in the movie 
that it just kind of like takes away from it. Like people say, what did you expect coming into this movie? And I'm just like, I didn't expect to, for humans to play such a big role in this. Like, and like, and getting back to the point of like humans always helping out these monsters. Like the humans had to help Kong who had to help Godzilla because Godzilla is about to get beat by Mechagodzilla. So basically the humans saved the day once again, then getting back to Millie Bobby Brown. Cause they had to keep, they had to keep going back to her scenes. They're Mechagodzilla is fighting Godzilla. They're trying to help Godzilla out by trying to disable the Mechagodzilla or whatever. So you have this little nerdy kid. He's inputting these codes, and the whole time I'm just waiting. All right, he's gonna crack this code, or whatever. He's gonna help make his make Godzilla out, or whatever. All they did, they spent like ten minutes of this part. Now, all they did was the dude waste some liquor on the machine, and it you know blew up. And the only thing that that ended up doing was stopping the Mechagodzilla little tail that was about to basically go into Kong's face. You know, this, uh, he had like this sharp bladed tail that was, you know, with blades and stuff on it that was go, about to go to the calm face. All he did was stop it by dropping that liquor. So you spent like 10 to 15 parts, 10 to 15 minutes on this one part of the movie that that's basically what it was. You know, you stopped the tail. You did. Oh, congrats. Uh, I'm trying to. They framed it as Godzilla was going crazy when it was basically the human's fall. Um, there's just so much things that they could have did differently i think like i was expecting a five round monster showdown godzilla won the first fight i was like okay godzilla won kong's gonna get his face back they had to include the part about him getting his little axe thing which i was cool if, he, if you needed something for kong to be on the level of godzilla cool just don't do it and then scenes later that they really don't matter you know what i mean like he got this power axe and you think all right the fight's gonna be even then godzilla just drags him again so it's just the plot is up and down. I didn't. And so these humans, they have uh, these amazing. Oh, the journey to the center of Earth. I keep coming back to that because it was just one part I just did not like. Like the humans have these high tech scientific uh, cars and stuff that was able to beat gravity and stuff like that. But all they have to go against Godzilla is a bunch of guns and missiles. You got this hovercraft that's, you know, looks like so scientific, right? That can fly, that can do all this type of stuff, with a from apex, just for the humans to have nothing but guns and missiles. I mean, that just don't make sense to me. So, if someone can better explain that to me, I would love to hear just what I just like. I said, going back and watching this movie, it's not as bad, but it's still bad. It's still a bunch of stuff that they could have did different, stuff that they could have took out. If you have. Any other uh, takes that you have about this movie, shoot me a DM to Player Circle. I, I, I want to hear what everyone has to say about it, just because I know I kind of like shitted on this movie for a couple minutes. But in all, I thought it was a decent movie. I, I would give it a 6 out of 10. I'm curious to see where uh, Godzilla and Kong go from here, because now, from what they said, Kong is like the leader of the Hollow Earth. We saw the end, you know, Monarch has set up facility there. So we're going to wonder what's, are we going to explore the Hollow Earth more? What's Godzilla going to be up to? Curious to see where they go. Are we going to get Mecha Kingador? Question mark. I do know one thing though. HBO Max, they got to step up. Like these movies got to be better. Or it's like, what's the point of this awesome subscription if I'm getting these trash movies? Like y'all got to do better. Uh, Mortal Kombat is coming out. Depending on how you know how good it is or not i might do a review for that too um but we're getting to the closing moments of the show um 
I love for guys to send me questions and stuff like that so I can answer. So next episode, like I said, shoot me guys some DMs and stuff like that. Shoot me some messages on either Instagram at Player Circle, Twitter Player Circle, or you can even hit me up on my personal Instagram or Twitter at Drizbra underscore. Shoot me some questions to the things that you would like to hear me answer on this podcast. That's all the time I got for you today. We were having a little bit of production issues, but normally our schedules for our show, we like to put, I'm going to want to put out shows Tuesdays and Fridays. So make sure you guys stay tuned. We're on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, any, I mean, Apple Podcasts, anything that you can find me on, I'm probably there. So subscribe to me. Also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Player Circle, because we're going up and we're doing big things. So make sure you follow my journey. It's been real. I'm again, Drizbra or Dre Emerson, whatever you want to call me by. And you've been listening to the What's On Your Mind podcast. See you next time. 